Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Thursday edition, barely, of the Shotgun Start. It is June 17th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing good. I'm just, uh, you know, end of a day, end of a major day. It was an interesting major day. Interesting feels like kind of you're damning it with faint praise. I don't know that it was interesting. I, I think it... it, it, it on balance, it fell on the side of uninteresting, uninteresting, disinteresting, but it not was, by, not one, by a lot, round. but it just, yeah, it fell on that one side, round. I would say. Yeah. Didn't, didn't yeah. feel special. I think there were a, a, a combination of a number of things that might have led to that, but uh, we're through it. Almost. Well, I guess we're not done yet, but we're almost done. No. Anyways, Taylor Moore and Kevin Lucas are tied. They're seven under, shot 63. At Wichita, they lead our Corn Ferry <laughs> Tour event. That's what we're talking about, right? Uh, can we do a game within the game? Yeah, for the yeah, rest of the of course. We should have done this Wednesday, but you want to do a brothers bet? Molinari's versus Ortiz's. Well, the Molinari's certainly get the top of the board. What I know. I was gonna say. I was hoping Alvaro might be DFL. Why don't we split them up? Well, you get a Why Molinari, and you get each guy gets a Molinari and an Ortiz. Well, I want Francesco. All right, I'll take, I'll take Francesco uh, and Alvaro. Uh, All right, Alvaro's I think DFL. <laughs> what what's the bet though? Like, is it low finisher? Yeah, a low aggregate. That's and if the a, guy what, MCs, you can take the highest score of the day on uh, Saturday Sunday. I'll take Carlos and Dodo Molinari. So all right, we'll have a brothers bet going on. How was the day? What'd you make of it? How? Did anything drastically change your mind from our preview podcast? Anything like I saw a lot of tweets this morning and commentary on the broadcast after the hour and a half fog delay that, wow, this is going to be soft and easy. And, you know, it was a little, you know, jumping the gun there. I don't know that it was an ass kicker of any chance, but uh, any sort. But like, you know, that marine layer rolls in and it's a little different course, just as we saw tonight. I mean, guys like... Yeah. Trying to step on like six irons when they another conditions be hitting eight irons, nine irons. But uh, did anything dramatically change of your your opinion of how this week would go based on a, the day? I mean, I don't, I don't really think so. I think, uh, yeah. I think it's a lot like Pebble uh, we saw a couple of years ago with the marine layer. Like, you know, you can't get the golf course super bouncy. You know with the marine layer like the marine layer is going to soften it up but it was like super bouncy out there either way like you know i don't yeah. think it like i don't think it it's just a hard thing like with the marine layer it's just something you have to deal with and you have to you can't prepare you can't prepare the course if there's marine layer all day because then if it burns off you look like an idiot you know right so right. you lose the you lose it a little bit you got guys hollering so. As for 
Anything changing with my opinion? Not really. I think uh, obviously it was Brooksy and Xander out out in front early. You know, in the day, mm-hmm. those are two proven major uh, U.S. Open performers. Like, I mean, Xander top six every every time out in it. Brooks has finished first, first, second the last three. He has made one double bogey in the last thirteen rounds at U.S. Opens. Crazy. That That's is hard to do. And, like you roll out of bed and make bo- double bogeys at U.S. Opens. Matched, I think Sam Snead's record. I think Justin Ray tweeted that. I don't know if it was elsewhere for what six in a row, six under par rounds in a row, which is seems also almost as incomprehensible, right? I mean, under par. I think I don't even think it was even. I think it was even or better. I think it was under par. So six in a row. I, again, yeah, an incredible run continuing for Brooks. And he's like, I know he exaggerates his, or I don't know if he exaggerates. He certainly over talks about the injury, but uh, I mean, he's still hurt in some form or fashion. The surgery he had was a significant surgery, and maybe not sh- shouldn't be back. But there he is. He's he's again right in the hunt early. Uh, we yeah, finished the with day. Brooks, Brooks like, it, what makes him such a great U.S. Open player was like just show shown on the third hole. He obviously hit it into the down the canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes a Tug drop. He makes yep. like a makes a twelve footer for par, for bogey, and it's bogey. just like the reluctance of making those big numbers and always seeming to come up with putts when he needs putts for par and for bogey. You know, I that's why he's such a good. U.S. Open players, he just doesn't give away stuff easily. And then you compare it, like, I was so disappointed with the way Rory finished the day. You know, he just gave away shot after shot. Well, he got the birdie there at the end in the dark. That helps a little bit, but it's a par five, and he's, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to get it there. But, yes, he didn't look look sharp at all, right? Rory? I I mean, he had a lot of great shots, though. You know, it's the best we've seen him play. In, opening in a, a opening round in a long time, which was rewarding, but like you just see too many just casual bogeys, you know. Yeah, that's the thing that drives me nuts about Rory. I love watching him. Like that long iron he hit on eleven, the it was like a four iron, was just absolutely beautiful. And then he hits the hits it right down the middle on twelve, makes that hole look easy. When it's just one of the hardest holes out there, that approach in there makes the birdie there, and then he bogeys the par five. It's just the par like, five. You know, it's, you know, it's let's, let's talk about that par five. Um, here's my Tory Pines take. Here's what I, you know. We do the cross sport thing all the time. Too many. For me right now, it felt, and for much of the day, it felt like when you have a, a, an opener, a neutral site college football game. It could be like, great game, start the year, you're all fired up. It's like Alabama versus Clemson. or so. I don't know if that's like Alabama. You know, two great teams, Clemson versus whoever, Georgia. I think that might even be a game this year. It's great. The teams are great. All the stars and talent are there. Um I'm going to watch it. A game could end up being amazing. But there's something like fundamental about the game of college football that's missing from it, right? It doesn't feel like fully baked. Like this is not a regular season college. Why we love college football. It's not all there on display. And that's just kind of how I felt about Torrey Pines, right? Like all the players are still there. It's still the national championship. I'm still going to watch it. It could end up being a like Tiger 08. It could end up being amazing. But there just feels like something fundamental about 
why we love the sport or what could make it this the best is sort of missing needlessly. Like the, I know college football diehards kind of bemoan those neutral site games. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, cause part of college football is that, that atmosphere, whether it's a uh, home, you know, whatever death Valley, wherever it is, that's just sort of what it felt like. It takes a little bit of the sizzle out of it for me, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to watch or it can't be great, but it, it's just, it's sort of an, an unnecessary um, kind of getting in your own way. Uh, decision so that's how it felt for me i had three people text me completely unprovoked these were just texts out of the blue unsolicited Uh three people today texted some semblance of this message i never know what hole i'm looking at since they all look the same yeah we've talked about this on this podcast (laughs) like i think every january or recently like I, I know holes of like we watched the PGA Tour. I could tell you Phoenix. I could tell you the finishes. I could. I mean, I've t- like obviously Pebbles. We know all the Riviera. We know all those, of course. But like, I just never end up knowing much about this. The par three that goes down, you know, three whatever that you talked about, four coming back, five and 18. so memorable. <laughs> like 18, 18 is memorable for that impotent pot. All right, so I just I want every I I really came into this this U.S. Open feeling, uh, trying to put aside I'll, I'll, like yeah. you know okay like totally. great championships happen at bad golf courses that and that's something that I'm very well aware of. Uh, Bell Reve was a great championship. The golf course wasn't good, right? Um, but like there is something off just in general today with everything, and and I'm usually not somebody that really likes to ride ride hard against the telecast but i think it was the telecast i i really feel like we've taken like six years to 10 years back in time since we moved from from fox to nbc with this thing um overall like this is like the second biggest event of the year um and if it just felt like a normal telecast like there was nothing special there's no bells and whistles there's nothing new that we saw when, when the NBA goes or the Super Bowl goes, you know, we always see new stuff, whether it's good or not. We at least see new features, new cameras, new camera angles, new things. This was just the same. This was, this is what we see it. We'll see it. The travelers next week. And what we, we saw it, you know, RBC heritage the week after the, there was nothing. It was, it was awful. It was horrendous. It was, it was an embarrassment for a telecast. People were legitimately recommending watching featured groups pairing over the main telecast. What a joke. <coughs> uh, the, yeah. You know, and obviously I'm not like commercials pay for everything. There were a lot of commercials, which hurts your flow. But there also were like there was nothing that made me think that I was watching a big event. And that's just a disgrace. It, it, you know. NBC and Golf Channel should be utterly embarrassed at the product that they trotted out this yet yeah, today. It was a it was a big sort of culture shock. I don't know a shock to the system after some of the women's open, some of the I, I know commercials pay for it, but like I do think you're you're hitting on something. It was beyond just like the breaks, which it was it, it was hard. I mean, we 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 rarely kind of. I mean, I guess we do a, a more than we probably think, but we try not to do the telecast thing. I know you make conscious effort not to do the telecast thing because it's hard and it's like a, it's, 
you know, it's really hard to do. It, it did sort of, the day just sort of sputtered along, starting with the fog delay. And I, I, I just, it, it wasn't strong. I, I think like, it was yeah, they need to, to mix get a it feel. up. Of the of what was going on, yeah, I mean, like with Fox, whatever they would bring in, like Gil Hans, they would have facts, and they would kind of just have different kind of voices. I, I don't know. It, just in general, too, I think there's something to be said about the the Fox crew. Like they came in, it was like they were excited to be there. I I get the feeling that like the people, it's just another week for them. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff. They have too many. They have so many things. I mean, right? These people are going from NCAA's to Women's Open. Not everyone, but you know what I mean? There's like some combination of these people just on the road nonstop. I don't know. Maybe that's it. I, but yeah, you're right. Do you think Tory Pines was a part of that at all? Like, it's just combination, but broadcast more I think, I think that's a, So I think it's part of that is that, you know, I think there's also, you have to... Also, like the last two majors have been really good, right? And in the PGA, yeah. I think people are still kind of getting over that. And we have, sure. and this is this condensed schedule. I think that's part of it. I think, I think P- the Tory Pines. I'm not. I'm not going to talk. This isn't about the architecture. This isn't about the golf course. I think it being a a stop we see on the B- PGA Tour year yeah. in year out that yeah. we have like a pre existing feel to the golf course of what it is, a representation of what it is in our mind. And it's a regular PGA tour stop. And like, I know it plays different, but it still looks the same, you know? And it's like, Oh, this is the tournament we watch that we have all this ridiculous shit happen. We have JB Holmes delaying the Grammys at, and we have that stupid little artificial pond on 18. Like, but there's part of that, like part of the major is you're supposed to get something special in return. And like, Tory Pines is a fine host of of a PGA Tour event. It's a fine host of of a, you know, it's a fine place for municipal golf. It's a great place for municipal golf. But at the end of the day, it's not like it is a golf fan. I don't feel like I'm getting something special because of the majors here, right? Yeah. It's like a, this a lot of places are a treat. Yes. Yep. I threw this out to uh, you and Will Knights on text, and Will had some great suggestions for it. I don't want to keep talking about Tory too much, but I've been pondering it since like Wednesday. It's like, what other venues that have like real no real history other than like one real historic moment that make up like the entire identity of the place at this point is Tiger 08 or Tiger Rocco, Tiger Rocco, right? Like there is that PGA Tour event, I guess. But, like, they're not showing that. They're not showing, oh, here's, like, Patrick Reed had an embedded ball. J.B. Holmes once held up the Grammys. Like, uh, none of that stuff's, like, memorable except for nut jobs like us. But, like, the entire identity of Tory Pines at this point, and this is why we get hit over the head with it so much, almost to the point of exhaustion, is the Tiger uh, Rocco thing. And that may be a commentary on the course. It may be the commentary. It's just not having a lot of history yet. It's only hosted one major. This is its second. But, like, there's just not a lot there. Whereas You're not you know, saying J.B. Holmes taking five and a half minutes to hit his second shot on 18 and delaying the, the Grammys? 
Like Oakmont has Johnny Miller, but like that's probably it's signify at this point. Signify it could be Jack Arnold, whatever. But like there's other things, right? We associate with it, and, and we say that for many major championship venues. Uh, but I was trying to think of other ones, and Will Will probably had the most the best sort of responses. He said Hazeltine maybe with Y.E.A. Although some other things, you know, Ryder Cup has happened, but even they then, had, it's like uh, they had other majors there too. Right, I know the the Lightning and the yeah, I, yeah, they had stuff. But I think for for if you were to do, I don't know, he said Harding Park, maybe with Morikawa. Uh, but then I said, you know, for me, Harding they Park, had, the instant I mean, is Miguel Pepsi. Is Pepsi getting in Miguel and hell him is his face? That's what I associate Harding Park with forever. Yeah, Harding Park would be a good comparison. But I think this is what Chambers Bay and uh, Aaron Hill struggled with too, right? Is the lack of history. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't want to talk about Tory much more. He said um, John Daly and Crooked Stick was, I think, the best answer that, that Will said too. Like another one where it's like kind of the whole identity of the place has become wrapped up in like the one thing. So mm-hmm. uh, One more thing, which set us on this path when it was 13. With Rory making a bogey there. You see Phil's comment on 13. 13 was tickling your tickling you late, right? This par five, uh, this giant. I loved I loved watching Bri- I did love watching Bryson's ball roll. Something. I as as people probably know, I say this often. My like my favorite thing to do in the world is is watch uh watch a golf ball just roll to a undetermined fate. And watching sure. Bryson's just trundle down that hill. Bouncing along before settling into that divot was really, really. It was the highlight of the day for me, to be completely honest. Oh, really? Oh, come on. Hey, one thing. I think one of the most, one of my favorite things I've ever seen Bryson do is jump up into the back of the interview again with Brooks. Brooks on stage with Todd Lewis. Bryson was walking by. <laughs> Have you seen this clip? Yeah. Late breaking Thursday night. Good on Bryson. I enjoyed that. I like. I love that he's. I don't know if he's making a joke. He's poking the bear. All of the above. But I kind of love that. But yeah, his ball rolled into this divot, on a, in this hollow. That uh, I don't know if you heard it earlier, but Jimmy, Jimmy Roberts uh, invoked ten at uh, Shinnecock. There's when ten. Shinnecock about... was being thrown uh, out. Pebble. <laughs> there's a lot of pebble comparisons. We got we got Brandel comparing it to the to Augusta National early in the week. You know. So Just here's really Phil. Unbelievable on, week for this place. Here's Phil on thirteen. That layup is the worst layup, and this is where Bryson's ball. It didn't get up the hill and came down into this 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 hollow. If you try to lay up down there and miss it in the rough, you have nothing. And it's an awful layup to that elevated pin with the greens as firm. So Phil tried to hammer it into the bunkers with, I think, his two wood and, like, sliced the shit out of it and made, I think, a lucky six. He also said he also had to back up his ball three times. I saw he was talking to the press about that. His phones kept going off. It seemed like phones were going off. Yeah, like Hideki had a phone go off. What's going on with that? I don't know. Are there more fans out there than they're letting on? The concession lines were a hot topic. We had friends on the ground texting me that said it's like hours to wait for hot dogs and no water stations anywhere. A lot of complaints on the ground. Um, 13, though. I mean, 
is it is it good? So bad it's good. Uh, it sits on some of the best some of the best ground. The green site, you know, up on that ridge is a nice green site. It's got yeah. that swale. The problem is just so narrow that you can't do anything. The crazy thing is it's that narrow for public play. Right. Anyway, I love Phil talking about how it's such a horrible layup. I think it, he he ripped that hole back when Reese redid it. Anyways, so um, all right, let's do let's do an ad read for our friends at Golf Blueprint. They are back sponsoring this Friday, I guess this Thursday episode, U.S. Open Week. They've sort of been with us since, what, mid-March, since golf season started coming back. Maybe you have, I don't know, invitationals, championships, matches, club championships, whatever, amateur events. Golf Blueprint could be a little, I don't know, not little uh, product to spice it up. Change up your practice routines. Shock the system, as they say. Uh, the URL is golfblueprint.com. It's an efficient and effective way to practice, to try to get better. It's also entertaining. They got little games you can play against other Golf Blueprint members. Um, if you only have an hour, you know, daylight is long these days, but maybe you've got other obligations. Maybe you only have an hour. It's it's like these kind of timed workouts instead of guided exactly. stuff as opposed to just It's like having going a personal trainer for the golf course for practice. Like, you know, everybody, if you can afford to have a personal trainer, you're going to get more fit and you're going to be more balanced. Like, that's the thing. Balance. This golf blueprint gives you balance. What do you think Bryson would do with a golf blueprint outline? So you got 60 minutes and then you got to, this is it. It's a 60 minute compact workout. Like, you, what do you mean? I can't hit the ball till dark. I can't, like, he would, he's doing this again tonight at Torrey Pines. They got it. They're showing him right now. He's throwing his hands up in the air. The shadows are long. He's wailing away with his flight scope. Unbelievable. Definitely not on that uh, efficient, effective blue golf blueprint program. But he's a pro, and I think he can afford to do that. Hit balls all day. That's his job. But if you're, it's not your job, and you're trying to get a little better, as uh, kind of peak golf season hit, hits for most of us, and you know that have real summers and real seasons, that's peak golf season. Hit golf blueprint up. Uh, for a uh, kind of a, a new and efficient, better way to practice, get better, have fun, and improve skills. All right. Also, they're friends of the program, Kevin Moore. Strong friend of the program. Uh, and not, a, not an idiot. Mathematician, uh, professor of math, or doctor, PhD in math at UGA. All right, what else stuck out to you after this first round of uh, open ch- US Open play? Um, I got a whole list of things. I mean, well, Usti, how about that? We got to talk about Louie. He co-leads with Russell Henley. He's got, what, two, two and a half holes? Did you talk about how, did you hear how they were talking about how he moved last week? So he hadn't, he hadn't been practicing at all. And he was like all out of sorts when he got there. But it only took like two days to settle back in. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I, I think, uh, I think Bacon picked him to win. So a good good on bacon, but I mean it's I don't know a good pick to be there in the top five, but I don't know he never wins. It's kind of so Louis moved to Ocala. He joined right. uh, Golden Ocala, right? The replica hole place, right? right. I, apparently, you know, I've got some I got some sources on the ground. Of course you, know, you do. You're you're plugged in at Golden Ocala. 
they're they really are hot for some new drone footage so i've you know developed oh, some friends down there all right um so you know i guess they're the what are the they're, his daughters are in, in golf camp down there, and uh, and one of the pros asked the daughters, like you know, what uh, what she would ask for if her dad won the U.S. Open, and she said that she would love, uh, uh, she would ask for a horse, you know, and yeah. uh, and he's like, well, what would what would he, what would he buy himself? And she just immediately goes, he loves tractors. We knew that, of course. I know. It's just. It's just amazing that the daughter's saying the same thing. What other odds and ends do you have? King Louis. Um, Good to see I you. Wanted to apologize. Henley, I wanted to I mean, withdraw my Marunks slander. Oh, good. I thought so. That seemed kind of thin. <laughs> Not well-founded. I thought it was of pretty cool that he was the first, first Polish guy playing in the U.S. Open when he was out there. And he's, he's huge. He's a massive yeah. human being. Not a short one. He's big boy. I think he, he's, he's got the chance to intimidate his competitors like uh, like Tommy Fleetwood's caddy does. Potential. There's potential for it. Um, I thought the hang gliders were grounded for a long time. It seems like maybe they had like made it a no-fly zone. And then there was one late when Rory, uh, when Rory holed out. But that's all I saw. I was concerned was maybe that they were worried about them impacting play and they grounded them, made it a no-fly zone. But... Uh, perhaps that'll be. There was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, content about sort of aerial transportation today. You know, they had the fighter jets. jets commercial. Uh, oh, just the coverage. There's fighter jets. There was other military planes. There was hang glide. Like a lot of uh, air sp- airtime dedicated to aerial travel. What's the net jets commercial? What's that? Mean? The DJ. The DJ net jets commercial. I love it. I just, I, I think they captured the essence of DJ, him talking about going on his vacations. You know, I, when I'm really burned out, you know, we my whole family gets on the plane and, you know, we go, go on vacation. It Who's just would have been nice. To... It would have been nice if they also added, like, if he added some color what he does on vacation. I think that's what would be more interesting. Like, if he talked about the actual vacation. I guess, like, I just, I've never understood the private jet commercial. You They're know what? Plentiful why are, why are you on, shooting us? I want it. I want NetJets as a sponsor. Yeah, but like, who are they reaching? Well, like, the people to, who we are need some NetJets reads. What are you doing? You're tr- the people you're who are fr- flying private. Private don't need a Golf Channel commercial to know it exists. These are all over the place. This Badget is always on these Golf Channel at like. I guess I just like don't know what the market is for that. And, and, and the market probably is already well aware. It doesn't need a Golf Channel commercial to, to be informed about it. But maybe I'm wrong. I just I've never understood that. Um, what do you think of Dick Bland? I'm getting a lot of I was told I need to go on an apology tour for Dick Bland. Uh, DJ Pahowski texted me because Dick Bland is in your ass right now. Um Hey, I'll tell you what, a top 10 would make him put him under more consideration for the Kutsia zone. He's absolutely nowhere near it now. Kutsia had a top 10, at least one. Might have been Chambers Bay. Might have been 
actually 2015 uh, PGA, maybe not Chambers, but but he's also got 13 wins. So he, you know, if he wants to kind of inch and, and apply for candidacy to could see his own, he needs a top 10. Congrats to Dick Bland. Who would have thunk it? Does that surprise you? I I was I loved I dove into his major record as soon as he popped on the leaderboard, and I loved it. He's play, This is his fourth major. And uh, his career started in 1996. And the best part about it is he's he's peppered the infield with his major performances. It's not like he got he had a great year and got into three, you know, and he played three in oh. a year of four, you know, of, of the four he's played in. He played one in 98. He played his next one in 2007. Then he played 2017, and now he's playing this year. Unbelievable. His best performance only made cuts at T22 at the, I believe, 2017 Open. So More likely, you know, missed cut or top 40 for Dick Bland? What? Uh, More likely for Dick Bland. I think, I, think it, I think he's going to make the cut and finish in that 60 range. It seems super bunched up, too. That's the other thing. Doesn't seem yeah. like there are a lot of high scores. It doesn't seem like there are a lot of low scores. That'll be an interesting thing to watch as as kind of the week goes on, which is kind of crazy for a a U.S. Open thing that's full of eighty qualifiers too. You yeah. know, like you're gonna get a lot of balloon boy balloon scores out there. You know, get and, I mean, scores. we aren't all the way through one round yet. Sure, but, sure. You know. What'd you make of the fog delay? Should they have played in it? They played no. the U.S. Amateur abandoned last year, and you couldn't even see. Bones it's was on fine. the ground saying they can't see. That was the USAM final. I mean, come on. They should have sent him out there. Hit it, hope, find it. Go. Keep playing. Now we got to roll it into tomorrow. We'll probably have to roll it into Saturday. <laughs> what would have been sick is if they sent him out. Then when people were losing golf balls and playing slow, penalize him for slow play. <laughs> That would have been like the ultimate, like fuck you to players. You saw his uh, Bodenhamer's comment about how like the Washington the Catlin penalty, but they wouldn't do that here because they, yeah. they adapt to tour policies and they don't want to rock the boat, and make the guys comfortable with the tour policy. Um, uh, what else? West, what else? Westies puttering along. I um I've so last year. He, I think he finished like two over, three over at uh, at Wakefoot. And I remember his comments being like, "Par's great in the U.S. Open. Like, what is this? What's going yeah. on?" You know, he had some yeah. comment like that, and I'm convinced that he's just programmed at U.S. Opens that even Par's great, and that he par. will he will not shoot low because of like he could shoot lower, but like mentally <laughs> oh, God, he's programmed that even Par is good. What a ridiculous ras- rational! I'm telling you, I bet he shoots right around even par, and he'll That's get fine. off the Maybe course, and he'll be like, because you know, in in 08, I shot one over and missed the playoff by one. But it's because he's programmed that way, not because he can't shoot. No, lower. it's because he's programmed that way. He, this is what that uh, that experience, all the experience you gain, you lose innocence, and this is what he's lost. He's lost the innocence of being able to just go out and shoot a low number. In a U.S. Open. So, if he won, would they change your entire opinion of the Tory Pines? Would it have no. to become one of the great, great kind No, of Westy historic... wins at shitty golf courses. That's kind of his M.O. 
big Maybank Malaysia fan or whatever that one he just feasted on for a few years. So. I think he did well at the Ned Bank too. Yeah, that sounds right. What else you got on your list? Anything else? Um, did you see the um, the amateur Schmid from Germany wearing his Olympics I mean, outfit I, early? No, I saw he's in the field, but really? Come on. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a shirt that across the back, just like a nameplate, says Germany. How bad was Xander's shirt? I mean, they're always bad. They're bad, yeah. That one's jumped off the page to me. So. Germany, why is he wearing, Why is he doing that? It seems unnecessary. So, All these guys already have apparel deals, you can tell. Um, a real serious note that's something I was thinking about today. Um, yeah. We've been clamoring and like feasting over this Brooks-Bryson faux rivalry. Isn't Rory Brooks the best rivalry we could get? Like on the on the course rivalry, Brooks and Rory. I feel like that would just be such a great rivalry. Yeah, probably. I mean, they would both. I don't both, think there's a better one out there. They both don't bite their tongue. They both are pretty. Yeah, they both are. It's kind of and it's kind of like I. I think like. Like Brooks has like a little bit of like that that evil team, like the bad boys Pistons in him, and Rory's everybody's like you know the good. Like it's almost got a little bit of that feel, like the villain and the you know the the protagonist, the you know the, yeah. and his foil, right? But here's the problem: like Rory's not been there. I he's know. Not, well, he was not... in the mix, and it got me thinking of it. Like yeah. you know, I was thinking, like you know, the the best thing for this tournament would be a Rory Brooks Sunday showdown. Yeah, can we talk about the plaque? I saw you <laughs> tweeting about it. I had a note from someone on the ground about the plaque. You know, plaques aren't uncommon. There's what is there one at Marion for Hogan? There's certainly one at Baltusrol for Jack's one iron. All sorts of things like that. But you're alleging this plaque is right in sort of a landing zone. You could get. Pop the ball could be. I tell you what, a lot of cart path impacts, a lot of cart paths on the screen today. You know, multiple like you know, big time ricochets, which is, you're just not used to seeing at a U.S. Open. I think that happened at 2017 PGA Quail Hollow. There were some cart path sort of uh, trips, but. I watched for like an hour. There was like three or four. It's like, boom, bang. I think it's 17 maybe. There's just several cart paths coming into play. But you think the plaque, this tiger plaque, could also become sort of a uh, an unseen man-made hazard that you might not see coming on you. Who knows if it will come into play this week, right? It's short right. It's 20 yards short of the green in the fairway. It's kind of like right... You know, the pond is is there on the left. The fairway is just right of it on, you know, you could run shots in there if you're, a you know, an everyday player. And then you got a plaque in the fairway there. So I was thinking, all I could think about when I saw the placement of the plaque was, you know, I just thought of like, you know, this is what I do because I caddied for so many years of my life is I just think about people that I caddy for. And I started uh-huh. to think about like the 55-year-old lady who's playing the whole she hit her third just up there, right of the green, sh- right of the pond, short. 
She's hitting her hitting her full shot up there. She's gonna hit a running shot up there, and have her seeing her ball land on the plaque and shoot over the green right, and leave her like a downhill chip shot with the pond behind her. Like just you couldn't have picked where, Why couldn't the plaque have been on the tee box? Or at the front of the fairway. Why did it have to be right by the green? And if you're going to put it right by the green, put it on the green. Don't chicken out. Put it right on the green. Put it right in the spot. It is sort of an odd odd thing to do. Uh, It's not completely unheard of, but in terms of positioning, it's it's a little weird. So uh, I would love... Love, love for that to work its way into play somehow, make come to fruition. That and hang glider impacting play would just, you know, send me over the moon. So, what else do you have? Anything from this um, first day? I mean, should we mention Russell Henley? Good for him. Added to just sort of the lack of, uh, I, I don't know. I this day wasn't popping for me i don't know if it started with the delay it's part of it was a telecast like you mentioned i, I don't know it just never brooksy got me going a little bit early but none of i mean it, really it comes down to the the golf course when the golf course can't carry anything it comes down to just like purely the players and like thankfully we've got players that we would really like watching on sunday in contention early that haven't shot themselves out of it with with john rom Masiyama, brooks xander you know, Louie, Rory, like that's the thing that's good, right? Like, yep. That's yep. the main takeaway. The the thing right. that'll save this tournament from being, you know, boring is a great finish on Sunday, and you have the a lot of the characters around to do that today. So that's the that's the silver lining. That's the thing that I'm I'm watching. Like, I think really what I'm interested to see tomorrow is like if if we start to get a little bit of separation because like. If you if we don't get much separation, that's really a damning thing on the golf course and setup. Right, right. Uh, uh, what was the Dan Jenkins line? I think in one of those Trevino spotlights that we did that the the big guns shadow boxed the course, sort of the first round, while you know the John Felluses of the world take the first round lead. I, I think you could have a little bit of that. Like two under is a good place to be, even par. You're fine. You're good. Uh, I will stay. My my main story, number one story, takeaway, whatever headline from the day is Matthew Wolf. I would say, obviously, he had a, a, a just wild round. I think he had eight birdies, shot what 70, 71. Um, but the way he sort of has come out pretty much and said he had he wasn't happy. And you go into kind of any sort of diagnose or use any clinical terms, but like my mental health is like important and he's come out and he's like, you know, seeing other athletes talk about it. I wasn't happy. I've got a great life. I have an amazing life. I can't let golf impact me that much. I just want to be happy. Uh, I think it's been really refreshing to hear him talk about that. Certainly you've got this young, young, like American stud thought to be pretty invincible. Um, It's, it's really encouraging to hear him sort of, speak openly about it and, and address it and uh, also play great golf, Not, you know, good golf. It, it was up yeah. and down, but, but How also that being round in contention. Is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy U S open round. Yeah. It's good to have him back no matter what. So, all right. Anything else? 
No, no, nothing yet. I think we, we uh, these are going to be late. We got a little bit of time here. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this in the morning, and we'll be back tomorrow. All right, everyone enjoy it. We'll be back with another episode Friday.